Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening where we continue our reflections into uh, the readings we will hear from Sunday. Typically, it is the Gospel, and certainly uh, this Sunday, All Saints Day, uh, we will engage the Gospel. The Gospel is that all-familiar teaching of the Beatitudes, but we are also going to get into the first reading, which will have us in uh, the Book of Revelation, but that will all... Uh, serve the one purpose of helping us better understand what it means to be a saint. How how can we become a saint? Uh, what does it take to be a saint? So um, this is going to be an important discussion, an important dialogue, and I say dialogue because I do have Debbie Rosales in studio with me this evening. So Debbie, great to have you with me another evening. I'm happy to be here. You know, Debbie, maybe we can get our evening started with a reflection that I had uh, maybe an hour ago as I was leaving my home. You know, I looked over and saw a tree, you know, and this tree was full of these very bright red and bright orange leaves. And also in this tree were branches where the leaves had fallen, huh? I looked over and I saw these leaves on the ground and they were, for all intents and purposes, withering away. And I could not help but think, here you have in this tree these bright red, orange, beautiful leaves, and at the same time, these barren branches. I could not help but think that in one tree, you have this kind of contrast between um, death and beauty, huh? what is living and what is dying, in effect, the leaves on the ground. And in so many ways, as I was reflecting into the lives of the saints, is this not what you have? A death that precedes uh, beauty. I was asked recently, Debbie, by a gentleman, what does it take to become a saint? And I responded to him as I respond to many people with that question. What is the one thing that you are attached to that, that is getting in the way of your relationship with Jesus Christ, that is getting in the way of the beauty of Jesus Christ abiding in you? You let go of that one thing, and you are now making room for another thing. You die to that thing, and now there will be new life within you. Absolutely. And you know, it's one little sacrifice at a time. So for maybe for that gentleman, you know, gosh, I just love watching CSI. Well, how about on that evening, you, you, don't, you don't watch CSI and sure. you spend an hour reading scripture, disciplining that flesh, yeah. you know, one little sacrifice at a time and then offering it saying, you know, Lord, I'm not going to watch CSI tonight and I'm going to spend an hour with you. And, and I offer this for your glory. Mm-hmm. That's that one little sacrifice is so beautiful in the eyes of God. It doesn't have to be anything big, folks, but one little discipline. Yeah. And the thing of it is, Debbie, that one little sacrifice leads to another little sacrifice. Uh-huh. And that little sacrifice leads to another sacrifice. And this, of course, brings us to that overarching proverb, what you feed grows. What you feed grows. Before you know it, you're no longer attached to CSI. Absolutely. Ah, but suddenly you're attached to reading sacred scripture. See, this is the kind of thing that it takes to become a saint. But as we were talking beforehand, Debbie, the first step to becoming a saint is to what? Will it. Right. We have to say yes. 
-hmm. We have to say yes. Or we have to say no, depending on what is before us, mindful that behind every no is a measurable greater yes, or behind every yes is a measurable greater no, depending on, of course, what's before you. So important. Before we go any further, let us uh, hear from the book okay. of Revelation. And I think we've got some, for those listeners out there, Debbie, who um, have their Bibles out, it's just not a series of verses, but it's a, a Right, so we're, we're, we're reading out of chapter 7 of Revelation, and it's verses 2 through 4, and then 9 through 14. I, John, saw another angel come up from the east, holding the seal of the living God. He cried out in a loud voice to the four angels who were given power to damage the land and the sea. Do not damage the land or the sea or the trees until we put the seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. I heard the number of those who had been marked with the seal, 144,000 marked from every tribe of the children of Israel. After this, I had a vision of a great multitude, which no one could count, from every nation, race, people, and tongue. They stood before the throne and before the Lamb, wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, Salvation comes from our God, mm. who is seated on the throne, and from the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They prostrated themselves before the throne, worshipped God, and exclaimed, Amen, blessing and glory, wisdom and thanksgiving, honor, power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Mm. Then one of the elders spoke up and said to me, Who are these wearing white robes and where did they come from? I said to him, My Lord, you are the one who knows. He said to me, These are the ones who have survived the great time of distress. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Gosh, that is such a beautiful reading, Debbie. You know, that verse, those who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb, why would this be the first reading for All Saints Day? Well, <laughs> Debbie... The saints are those who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb, most especially the martyrs. What is so striking about this verse, in so many ways, is what is so striking about Christianity as a whole. That is, it is paradoxical. The most conventional thing about God is that He is unconventional, huh? Because certainly, when you go to this reading, it doesn't make any sense. You don't wash something with blood, and yet... This is what happens in the blood of Christ. In the spiritual life, it is Christ's own blood, which has this kind of bleaching quality to it that blots out our sin, that purifies. And as it purifies, it cleanses. And as it cleanses, it makes us whole. It is to always remember that sanctity and holiness, Debbie, is God's work and our cooperation with that work, huh? So holiness is not our own production, but the work of God in our lives. Now, you just read from the book of Revelation. Revelation 3.10 says what? God is knocking on the door of our heart. We have to invite him in. We have to allow God to do something extraordinary in our lives. And the I 
should not get in the way. You know, so often today, we get in the way of what God wants to do in our life. It's a funny, funny thing that is the Christian faith and how we so often who desire to be fulfilled in the deepest inner recesses of our heart are the ones that actually get in the way of God working in our heart. And so to talk about holiness is certainly to appreciate how we need to drink the blood of Christ, that indeed the blood of Christ might invade our very souls. And it sounds like that should just be an easy little piece of cake, doesn't mm -hmm. it, folks? Yeah. <laughs> we'll just invite him in. He'll make us white as snow. Everything will be great. Uh-uh. Mm -mm. no. no. Welcome to the cross. Yeah, yeah. And the struggle. And, and the struggle is important. I want to encourage you, if you're struggling with holiness, praise God. Thank you for struggling. Yeah. Not giving up. Yeah. And depending on our Savior to continue to be... Uh, the grace, power, and blessing that you need every single day mm -hmm. to again in the morning say, again this day, I ask you, Lord, to be with me and to make me holy. Mm -hmm. Every day. It's every moment of every day. You know, Brother Lawrence said, you know, practicing that presence is every moment, like our breath, um, that we invite and remind ourselves that we're children of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for our listening audience, Brother Lawrence is a 16th century, uh, very simple Carmelite very man. Simple. He, not a priest, but a mm -hmm. brother, uh, a very simple man. And as you speak to breath, this does lead us to the Beatitudes. And we're not going to, again, read the Beatitudes per se, because I do think we're all familiar with the Beatitudes. And I thought, Debbie, we can kind of focus in on uh, three, maybe more so two. Um, the first of which would be the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, mm. uh, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So what is Jesus saying there? Blessed are uh, those who long for God the same way our lungs long for air. Mm. Theirs is the kingdom of God. It's interesting. The word inspiration, inspirare or inspiratio, uh, means to to blow into or to inflame, mm -hmm. uh, but also to breathe. What's going on there? Well, this is right. a, a phrase that is tied to what? But the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. itself. So when we invoke the Holy Spirit, when we call upon the Holy Spirit, Debbie, we are inspired with what? The very breath of God. Mm -hmm. So as Brother Lawrence would talk about it, to practice the presence of God, as mm -hmm. you just said, is to literally breathe in God, and to breathe in God is to live uh, with inspiration. Mm -hmm. huh? And so to become a saint is, is to live a life inspired in and for God. It's always important to establish the priority of the first beatitude because it is a point that can never be overemphasized, Debbie. The whole Sermon on the Mount the whole charter for holiness starts with that beatitude. Mm -hmm. Because if we are not breathing in God, then, well, what do we have? What do we have? Now, if you were to drop down a few verses, we have this beatitude that uh, is a call to hunger and thirst mm -hmm. for righteousness. Um, and if you do, you'll be satisfied. Now, righteousness can also be translated as justice. The Greek literally means holiness, mm -hmm. interestingly enough, holiness or uprightness. But what does it mean, Debbie, to thirst? This is a very important word. Uh, the Greek is dipsao, uh, dipsao. Interestingly enough, it's the same Greek word that Christ uses on the cross. Uh, I thirst. Right, so what's going on there? Well, 
to thirst for righteousness, to thirst for holiness is to eagerly long for, to desire, uh, to do whatever it takes to receive whatever it is that you are after. Well, in this case, of course, it's holiness. Mm -hmm. When Christ says, I thirst, as Blessed Teresa of Calcutta would remind us, he's saying, I thirst for souls. I thirst for souls. I thirst to give you my very life-giving blood. And ultimately, that blood abide in us and give us the strength necessary to, as you were talking earlier, struggle in grace. That's the Mm -hmm. great line from St. Augustine. Life is a struggle in grace. Uh, Life Mm -hmm. is a struggle in grace. So God gives us his very life, literally speaking, Mm -hmm. in his body and blood. And with that body and blood streaming through our veins, that thirst is now satisfied. And it's a wonderful thing because the more we get, the more we want. Mm -hmm. And in in this context, Debbie, I think we need to be selfish, huh? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. We need more of him. More. Realizing that the more we, we receive, the more we desire. Mm. Um, there's one spiritual theologian who once said, the spiritual life is no more than one who is seeking, one who is thirsting. Mm. St. Teresa of Avila says, and I love this phrase. It's one of my favorite phrases of St. Teresa of Avila. Uh, my desire is a wounded ache. A wounded ache. What does that mean? (laughs) What is she talking about there? Well, when you fall in love with someone and Mm -hmm. you are not around them, it is like a wounded ache. Mm -hmm. It is like a wounded ache. And what St. Teresa of Avila wants us to see is that this is what our courtship with Jesus Christ is about. This is where holiness starts Mm -hmm. because it is there. It is there where we begin to desire more of God. Oh, that's beautiful. And because I was going to use the analogy of relationship, you know, something that we can kind of grasp, although it's such an inadequate um, analogy. But, you know, when we first fall in love, we don't have to be talked into calling them or going out Mm. on a date. Mm. We don't have to be talked into that. We don't have to go, oh, gosh, you know, that Steve guy's coming by, you know, (laughs) that that Jackie gal, you know, you're you're just like, oh my gosh, how much longer before I get to go see her? Yes. Him. Yes. And your heart does a little skip. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful days. And and our relationship with, that's what he wants. That's yeah. what he wants with that. That's what he has on, yeah. his, side of, on yeah. his side of the fence. Yeah. And he, is, and he is hungering for us, hungering for our soul, and wants to give us that, that feeling and relationship with him that we just can't wait to get to Mass. We can't wait to receive Eucharist. We can't wait to go to confession and clean up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's separating us from Him. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to say, I'm sorry yeah. that I hurt you. Yeah, That's the relationship. You know, that's, that's what He hungers for. And that's what our struggle is, is against our own inadequacies and our own selfishness. And you talked about dying, dying to self, and my own little plans and my own inadequacies and continuing to invite him. Yeah, amen. The invitation, invitatio, to, to summon but to also challenge. Mm-hmm. It's, that's an interesting word. You know, we talk about invitation to summon but to also challenge because when you fall in love, it is, it is a summoning of sorts. But love by its nature, as Christ reveals on the cross, is what? Sacrificial. Sacrifice. Yeah, right. sacrificial. Okay, and... There you have it. Sacrifice in the Latin secum means what? 
to make holy, mm -hmm. to yes. make holy. So the invitation is a summoning, a challenge, and one, Debbie, that makes us holy. We talk about courtship, and one of the things that you have in a courtship is one's undivided attention, mm. right? If you were to go to the Beatitude, blessed are the pure of heart. Blessed are the pure of heart. We've talked about this before, but I was spending more time with this Beatitude recently, and something really struck me. The Greek for purity or pure is katharos. Katharos. It means literally to be pure, clean. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's a word that translates a Hebrew word uh, that is caught up in this Levitical priestly sacrificial context. So there, the illusion is a pure offering. Okay. Oh. But maybe the best translation is a heart that is not mixed with something. Right. So the Beatitude can translate, blessed are the single-hearted that are pure. Mm -hmm. Okay, blessed are the single-hearted that are pure. Because in essence, that's what the Greek says. So to be single-hearted, to have that undivided attention, huh? I mean, that's what it's about. That just laser-like focus on Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Or in my courtship with Jackie or your courtship with Steve, <laughs> that singular focus. Yeah. That you have with them, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you're not distracted. Mm -hmm. That's the big thing. Someone asks me the question, Joe, what gets in the way of saintliness or, or holiness? Well, it's interesting. The answer is in the question. Something's getting in the way. Absolutely. Right? Something's getting in the way. And so we're no longer single hearted, if you will, single minded, mm -hmm. single minded towards God. And this is one of the great tools of the adversary. He throws something in the middle of our path and he diverts our single-mindedness. And suddenly we blink and we're no longer on that path of holiness. Mm -hmm. And so blessed are the single-hearted who are pure really does speak to what it means to be holy. Really does speak to, I think, Debbie, what we're talking about when we really lift our whole discussion in this analogy of courtship and relationship. Because especially in those initial days when mm -hmm. you're falling in love, there's pretty much nothing that can distract you. Mm -hmm. There's very little that can distract you. And the thing about God is he is inexhaustible love. He is inexhaustible right. mystery, right? The Greek word mysterion literally means inexhaustible reality. His love is literally inexhaustible. That means you cannot exhaust his love. You cannot exhaust his greatness. He's constantly revealing something new. All the more reason for us to be to have a single-mindedness for God. This is the kind of thing that saints are about. And okay, we go through our courtship, we get married, and then the struggle starts. Isn't that the same as in the spiritual life, folks? You don't just give up on your marriage, your spouse, because things get a little rocky. Mm -hmm. The same is true in the spiritual life. You're going to have aridity. You're going to have desolation. You're going to feel a, new, a number of things. Your own selfishness, your own, you know, so many, there's struggle, just like in marriage. It's just such a, I think it's why the Lord gives us the wedding feast of the Lamb, and we have all mm, of this mm, marriage mm. Um, symbolism in Scripture, because it's so much like that. And, and, and when you get past that, when you, when you love each other and make that decision to love, when it's no longer just a feeling, but you say, I love you 
because that's the best thing for us. And mm-hmm. we give glory to God when yeah. we love each other. Yeah. I'm making that decision to love you through this time. Mm-hmm. And you do that for one another. And let me tell you, we're, you're both going to go through it. You're going to go through a period. He's going to go through a period. And you, and you continue to say, and, I, and I'm going to love you, Lord, even though I can't feel you, even though it isn't warm and fuzzy, even, that initial, even though that initial conversion is kind of in my rearview mirror a little bit, mm-hmm. I love you for who you are. Perfect love. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, we want to reduce uh, love to what we think about when we are, quote unquote, falling in love, mm-hmm. which is usually tied to emotions, feelings. Feelings. Maybe, maybe. Transitory. Yeah. Maybe you're blonde or brunette, whatever attracts you. But you see, that will pass. Yep. That will pass. And of course, the danger is... Um, you just might find another person that looks just like the person you're falling yes. in love with. And of course, that's the great danger of today. John Paul II says, that stuff is all the raw material that is necessary for the greater love to begin to evolve because that raw material orients us towards other. Right. But to love the person for who they are do, is to do just that. And don't love you love Jackie more today than you did day one when you met her. Amen. Didn't I not love Steve in 25 years? Oh my gosh. Let me encourage you folks. Yeah, yeah. It gets better as you die to self and let that beautiful tree grow in your marriage. Yes. You're more in love. Yeah, amen. A word that strikes me now, and I had written down in my notes, Debbie, is the word wonder. Because one of the Mm -hmm. things that I think is being lost today in marriages is that we do just hit a point where we stop wondering. Mm. And and what do we mean by that? Well, wonder is that that openness to the endless surprise of of existence or the endless surprise of mm. who we are and what we can become. To wonder is to think about all of the great things that are still yet to come. I'd like to share the story, Debbie, and I'm not going to get into the whole story right now, but of the couple that had been married for 75 years. And Um, they were asked, well, how did you do it? And the wife at this conference grabs the microphone. She was 92, 93 years old. And she says, we're still getting to know each other. Oh, that's beautiful. That's it. We're still Mm -hmm. getting to know each other. He says, she surprises me every day. That's it. She Mm. surprises me every day. 75 years later, they're still getting to know each other. Well, that doesn't make sense. No, Mm. it does. Because you see, we are created in the image and likeness of God. And as such, our capacity to love is inexhaustible. Mm. Our capacity to surprise is inexhaustible, Mm -hmm. you see. And so in our courtship with God, what we are then made to see is what? That is 24-7, 365 to the day we die. There's always something more that we can do, always something more that we can give. And of course, this is what the saints teach us. When we read the lives of the saints, are we not encouraged to wonder? Mm. We were talking before we came on air. One of the things that strikes me about the saints is how odd they are. Mm -hmm. Odd, strange to their neighbor. They don't make sense because they do things differently. They are, as holiness literally means set apart, they are different. They are set apart from the world. And that's the beauty of reading the saints. Yeah. You know, um, is you're encouraged by their stories. They come from all walks of life. 
And you know, folks, there are bazillions of saints in heaven that um, are not canonized. You yeah. know, the beggar yeah. on the street. Yeah. Um, and that should encourage us that in every walk of life, I remember when I was younger, I remember asking my mom, are there any saints that weren't priests or nuns? Yeah, yeah. Because really the yeah. ones she had brought to us were all, and it didn't even seem, it's like, I can't relate. As a yeah. kid, it yeah. was like, I was about a teenager. Yeah. I was like, aren't there any married people? Yeah. Do I have to be a nun in order to be a saint, mom? And she was like, ah. And she started bringing out, you know, Saint mm. Rita and, yeah. you know, Saint Monica. And, yeah. and and then I went, okay, I can relate to these ladies. Mm -hmm. And of I course, can... Pope Francis just canonized Saint Teresa's parents. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. These and are relatable people. Yeah. All of them struggled. There are two things that saints are not. There are two things that saints are not. The first, perfect. Thank you for saying that. You see, That's right. there are a lot of people are out there, they, Debbie, that think the saints are perfect. Yes. They are holy. They do extraordinary things. They stand up for truth. They love, they, they do extraordinary things, but they're not perfect. Amen. Second, what are the saints not, Debbie? Me and you. What do I mean? You see, I'm not called to be St. Maximilian Colby. You're not called to be St. Monica. Mm -mm. What do I mean? I'm called to be Joe Holcraft. You're called to be Debbie Rosales. Each and every one of us are unrepeatable. Mm -hmm. And the glory of God shines forth when we accept ourselves for who we are in all of the murkiness and the muddiness and, and our sinfulness and give it to God. He will work wonders with us. We just have to be humble. We, mm -hmm. we have to be meek. We have to embrace the Beatitudes, that Magna Carta for holiness. But it really does start with just accepting who we are. The saints should inspire us for sure. Yeah. And certainly they do. Read the lives of the saints. As you said, they will inspire you. Just last week, we were talking about the story of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Mm. You know, he was hit by the cannonball. He ended up laid out on a hospital bed, and it transformed his life. Why? Yeah. Because he picked up the lives of the saints. Mm -hmm. He was inspired. Started reading about the life of Christ, huh? Read the lives of the saints. Be inspired. But remember that God is calling you. God is calling me, Joe Holcraft, UW Results, and whatever your name is out there to be, as Matthew Kelly likes to say, the best version of who God is calling you to be. Amen. And that means to submit to God, become that son or daughter of God, God that you're called to be. I mean, that's Absolutely. what it's about. So Debbie, I don't know, we are um, running out of time. If you had any closing thoughts. Yeah, just a brief little scripture sure, um first yeah. thessalonians 4 you know so many people say what is the will of god for me what is his will for me first thessalonians 4 3 tells us 3 and 7 this is the will of god your holiness for god did not call us to impurity but to holiness and that was that's verse 7 there it is that's his will for you and me and every soul that he's created yeah and it brings us back to that single-heartedness, mm -hmm. does it not? Because of what we highlighted with that beatitude, that single-mindedness, that singular focus on Jesus Christ. Okay, before we run out of time, I just wanted to bring our audience's attention, Debbie, to a website. It's called the Saint Finder. The website is saintsnamesgenerator.com. What is this about? Well, if you go to saintsnamesgenerator.com, just spell it out, Something will come up. It says Saint Finder. 
and ask you to pray a a Hail Mary, uh, invite the Holy Spirit into your presence, and click that link, and the name's going to pop up. And I can sit here and share some extraordinary stories of people who had a name come to them from the saintsnamesgenerator.com that changed their life because of the extraordinary providential moment that that became. Mm. You can never have enough saints Mm. interceding on your behalf and for you to go to them. Um, Extraordinary. So let us go ahead and wrap up with a word of prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.